Big time. Um, tell me a little bit about this artist, Salome, because that, that was a big tune that I just heard right now and, and really like it. That was our boy, one and only Kofimante. Uh, he's been on the Toronto scene for a while. I mean, since late 90s, early oh, 2000s. Wow, wow. So he's, yeah, he's been doing this thing for a long time. And um, he just started to break waves internationally. Uh, you know, so big ups to him. This thing is not easy for artists. I, I, <laughs> I'm telling you, these guys work all, you know, a lot harder than we see, you know, behind the scenes. Because I know personally, he's been doing this for a long time with, you know, many different people, uh, many of whom, you know, went on to different ventures. And, you know, he stuck with his craft. He stuck with his first love. And here he is. No, that's big. So that was a big feature like in terms of Femi is, is, is one of the, the biggest artists right now um, out there in, in Ghana yes um, so hearing this mm-hmm. I, I was like oh who's, who's this guy I haven't really heard much about him so so where can we get his music um, and, and kind of get a little bit more about him because I, I feel like there's something special about him I like his lyricism and the way he ties words together like I'm big on words so you, you can find him on uh, Apple Music, Spotify, you know, wherever you get your streaming services. You can find him on YouTube. Uh, a multi- multitude of his videos are out there on YouTube. And who does he sound like? Like, does he sound like someone to you? Uh, he, he, uh, like a lot of artists, a lot of people compare his voice. Like, it's just his voice yeah. and mannerism yeah, he, to another guy. He gives me the Abrafo vibes. Abrafo, okay. It, it, gives, it gives me okay. the Abrafo vibes. More, more in the... The way he ties words together like every word he says you can tell there's right. a meaning behind it. like he doesn't waste words and like i love artists that don't waste words right, right. Like, there's no fluff in this it's just every word that i'm putting together means something makes sense it makes perfect sense who does he remind makes, you of? and some some say he sounds like manifest like if, if you've if you've listened to his voice just yeah. his voice alone sort of has the tone of his voice uh, you know, and the, the the death of his lyrics. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I get the Manifest yeah. vibes. I think also because Manifest also spent some time here in in North America, that that yes. you, can, you can pick up that similarities in, the, in that fusion. Yeah. And it both of them are yeah. obviously come from the Abrafor tree, right? In terms of their right. deep right, right. thinkers. And, and so right. you get that voice. But yeah, no, no, very good comparison. I think... I would love to see. I mean, if if I were compared to those two artists, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad. I'll tell you, you that. You know what I would love to see? I would love to see them do a feature, all three of them. You know, past, present, wow. and future. Like that would be a dope, dope, dope. That would be dope. Future. So, any any super producers out there listening, put it together. Yes, please. All right. Let's have it happen. Let's have it happen. <laughs> now, Salome, what what else is on your mind this 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 week? Uh, you know, we're living through history. Um, and of course, to tie into our topic today, um, phrase of the day that's on my mind, which is Okotongwanuma. That is to say that a crab cannot give birth to a bird. 
Um, yeah, so that that's something that we'll talk more about. We'll touch more on. I think you got to say it a little bit slower for our, our, our beginner tree listeners. <laughs> Okoto, which is a crab, Engo, does not give birth to Anoma, which is a bird. So Okoto Wanoma, you know, Ghanaians always speak in proverbs and, and they speak in prose. <laughs> so it's when you when you say something direct, it's considered sort of rude, right? So you gotta yeah, find a way. Right oh, your friend Kasakwa, which means you say it and you kind of talk around the issue. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm take, but you make the point. I'm gonna take a shot at you without you knowing. Well, you knowing, but you not knowing. <laughs> no, that's good. Basically, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, no, precisely. We'll we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes in, in terms of you know our, our our later discussion today and how that fits in. So excited to see how that. Hello once again ladies and gentlemen, my name is Salome Kwame Redu, some call me Sal. And my name is uh, Samuel Akosi Boating, I go by Sam. Welcome to our podcast, Doctor. Or an embarrassment, where we profile the immigrant child in the diaspora. Uh, so this is essentially the immigrant's guide to disappointing your parents. Uh, in, in this episode, uh, we're going to be chronicling uh, parental and child dynamics uh, in the African home. Um, is the adult always right? Um, and, and the different parenting styles and their results. So let's get let's get underway. Maybe we should do a quick disclaimer um, that nothing we say here means that we don't love our parents or we don't love African parents. I, I think we, we want to have a true discussion about, you know, things that we've seen and, and not everything is always black and white um, or, you know, right and wrong. But I think it's, it's, it's good to have those discussions so that we can see where we can change and do better. I absolutely agree. And uh, mommy, if you're listening, I love you. This is not about you personally <laughs> or any of my aunties or uncles. Auntie, it's about you. Before this show, he said, I want to have a sh- I want to have an episode about all my mom did to me. So, mom, you know, this one is not about you. It's just about Salome and his mom. So we're going to help them out today. I'll be calling you, auntie. Mom, as soon as we finish this episode, I'll, t- I'll call you and tell you all about it. <laughs> all right. So, Oh, man. So. Let, let, let's start by just talking about, you know, the sort of different uh, types of parenting, shall we? Yeah, no, let, let's get underway. And I guess, you know, what are different parenting styles and and, and even in, and in, 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 you know, the Ghanaian culture, do we even understand what are different parenting styles? That's a very good question. Um, so, I mean, psychologists and psychiatrists have sort of put together a framework for the types of parenting that are out there. And there are four main ones. Uh, the first is the authoritarian parent, who's basically one that basically talks, dictates to a child, mm. talks down to a child. You're not really allowed to answer back. You just listen and you do as you're told. You're just a child. And then there is the authoritative, who is very much uh, a firm parent, sets rules and enforces them they're fair but they're assertive and they're fair you know they give they give, they give leeway for a child uh to move a certain way but you can't cross the line when you cross the line you, you face the consequences 
That is the authoritative. Mm. And then there's the permissive parent who basically sets rules but doesn't necessarily enforce them. Okay. So they say, well, you know, if you do this, you're going to be in trouble. But, you know, you, you, you do it and you, you don't really, they don't really care. They, nothing really happens to you. Uh, they love you too much to punish you. And then there is the uninvolved parent who basically very laissez-faire. It's not really particularly concerned with the affairs of the child um, and kind of just lets them be. Whether it's because of personality issues, how they themselves may have been raised, or they just because of time constraints, maybe they have two, three jobs uh, and they're not able to be there for their child. So those are basically that that how the parenting styles fits into the different categories. So I, I've never actually even heard of any of these styles, right? And and maybe in a, in an African home, it's typical, right? We don't we don't talk about. What is your parenting style? It's you're a parent. You do what you you know you do what you need to do. But I think we we've never really yes. analyzed what a parenting style is. And I guess question for you: um, Can somebody just be one? Like, or, or is everybody fitted into I'm I'm this parenting style? No. So basically, you can you can fit into two separate categories. You can be an authoritarian parent, um, and also uninvolved because of time constraints or because of a job you have you can be a parent who believes a child should just do as they're told and they should just be they should be seen not heard yeah. right um and but then also not particularly involved because you just don't have the time um uh, so you're working a couple jobs here and there okay so so looking at these definitions i guess for me the the gold standard would be the uh, authoritative right where you you said rules yes. you're fair and you know, you you follow through uh, on on the punishments. Yes. So that's the gold standard, right? right? And and yes, looking back at, at my life, I, I would say my parents tried to be the authoritative, right? Where it's set your your rules, you're fair by it. But I think what I what I found, anyways, growing up, and, and the challenge with my parents was that I was so annoying that they had to be authoritative. Uh, authoritarian right because okay oftentimes so so they wanted to be authoritative yes. but they were the authoritarian i think in in some instances and i think they 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 and that's why the reason why i asked you if one person can be you know has to fit into one more than because i think one they, they moved across all these spectrums from time to time depending on you know because i noticed i had a lot of free freedom as a, as a kid growing up, right? So even in, in middle right. school and, and high school, you know, I, I, I was able to go to parties. I was able to, you know, stay outside and, and do this and that. But I always knew what my limit was because right. well, once you reach that, my, my, my parents didn't play. After all, you're African. Yeah, yeah after all, <laughs> my parents didn't play. So, so right. I, I'm wondering, like, I think for me, I, I see it as a lot of us, and then a lot of our parents have the goal, the standard of everybody thinks that they're an authoritative parent, right? When you look at yourself, right? But where does it ideally? Yeah, where that. where where do we give room in, in in our community for you know correction from others? Where where you might be going out of the authoritative and either into the authoritarian or permissive, or even the uninvolved. Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I think most African parents, most Ghanaian parents, I'll say, 
fall, you know, they kind of fall in the continuum of authoritarian to authoritative. Mm-hmm. Um, some are subconsciously uninvolved in the sense that they don't mean to be, but because a lot of them have are busy working, it's hard to you know be fully involved in in the everyday you know living of the child uh in every aspect some of them are not able to make certain meetings of it uh uh, like going to parent teacher meetings like going to a a game a basketball game or whatever it is you know the they're willing to do sort of what it takes to keep you alive to keep you going they focus a lot more on the academia but not like more on the social aspects of it like going to a basketball game and sitting and watching you for three hours really might not be an option for a Ghanaian parent who's trying to put food on table on the table has multiple might have multiple jobs um so that's that's really the difficulty sort of what they run to but most of them will fall between anywhere between the authoritarian and authoritative uh sort of parents so so let me how many how many of you play you played soccer right yes how many of your games did, did both your parents attend? Wow, that's... <laughs> they, they attended a few. Um, they were not at every single game. But every I remember every time they came to the game, just how happy I was to see them on the sideline. You know, it seemed like it's something small, but like it meant the world to me. You know, and, and I, didn't, I, I didn't realize just how important it was. Because, you know, all the other games, you know, most of the other parents were there all the time. I knew it wasn't an option, really, sometimes for my parents. Because sometimes they had to work on Saturdays. And that's when most of our games were. Uh, but the games at which they were present, I really did appreciate it. And uh, it, it meant the whole world to me. And, and I, I hope Ghanaian parents, if there are any Ghanaian parents out there listening, that they know and they recognize just how important this actually is. But but uh, but I guess and and for me and and, and I yes. think I'm in the same tell me boat. about yeah I've I never, mean I think I've never I've I've never like my parents I don't think I ever remember my dad ever coming to any games that I had like ever like ever I, I remember once I think my my fondest memory in high school and most people don't know this about me but I actually won the athlete of the year for my high school wow um, which so sport I, which sports did you uh, play I know okay. you play soccer. I played soccer, of course. Every Ganyan, you have to play soccer. You have a choice, right? <laughs> right? Um, I played uh, basketball okay. for years, and I played football. Wow. Um, I actually won athlete this guy because of football. Super so was, athlete. What position? Uh, so I played linebacker for uh, Wow. Okay. Um, and occasionally, I played offensive line and tight end, depending on, you know, if we, if we really needed to score. Right. Throw me in, coach. And in basketball, <laughs> I played anywhere from, you know, small forward to center. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I did well in soccer. I played, you know, I played defender. Break your legs. Okay. Tough tackling. That's, <laughs> that's all I was good for. But, I, but I, when I won Athlete of the Year, and I think this was an interesting, you know, dynamic. Like, I, I didn't, I had a sense that I was going to win, like. I wanted to win, and and then, um, one uh, the day before the um, the actual like event and then ceremony and stuff, my mom was like, "Oh, somebody called from your school," 
she got the call, but she's trying to hide it. And I know that this person called because she mentioned, oh, some teacher this. And I was like, okay, if he called, then it's obviously about the athlete of the year. So right, they're trying right, not right. to tell me. And, and I was, I, in my mind, I'm like, okay, my parents are going to come and I'm hoping that they're going to come. And then my dad right. was like, oh, he, he's got to work. They got to they go to work in the evening. Um, he, had a, he had a second job at that time. He's like, oh, we got to go oh, to work. Well, And then I was like, oh, it's, it's okay. You guys don't need to come. I don't even think I'm going to win anyways. But right. I knew I'm going to win because they're not going to call right. my parents if I'm not going to win. So I played it off that like I right. didn't want them to come. But then I right, got to right. the event and I won and down. everybody's parents was there. But mine, oh. but deep down, like it hurt a little because it was one of yeah. my biggest achievements. Yeah. Right, right. But I, I also knew that, like, how important work at that time was for my parents, right? Because it was, mm -hmm. that's what put food on the table and they, they're, exactly. they're doing a lot, right? So, but it, it was, it was a reminder at that time that, you know, I didn't have the luxury of, you know, other kids. Yeah. Um, and I like how you, how you tried to not make them feel too guilty. By saying, yeah. you know, I'm probably not going to win anyway. Just kind of let them down gently. Even though you you personally had that deep desire to have them be present. Yeah, no, I know. I think, and I don't, I don't remember them ever coming to a game of mine. I don't think they've ever watched me play a sporting event. Wow. Which is, which is really weird because well, I've which, played sports all my life. Right. And that's not, that's not very strange in, in, in an African or Ghanaian home. That's um, a lot of the times, you know, parents, I think, I think it falls into the category of embarrassment. Like if you're trying to be an athlete, we need you. To, if you won like student of the year, highest GPA, they would be there. I bet you they would be there. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I, I, I am not wrong. It falls in the category of things that, you know, doesn't really rank in the upper no, echelon of things that we care about. I, I think that if... I was getting the student of the year award. My parents would be in the, the front first row. Ones in the front at row, that event. they would be right there, sharing <laughs> in the Ghanaian outfits. Oh, come on. on, come on! The white kente too, because you know that means victory. <laughs> oh yes, not just my son has achieved it. <laughs> but you know, I, I think you know the, the, we, we've got to get a sort of a balance uh, going forward. If you're a parent, I guess listening. It means a lot for, for your children to be present because not everything that means the world to us certainly falls in a, a category of academia. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think even sports helps, you know, children develop a lot of key skills that you're going to need yeah. for your career. Right. Yes. So working with a team, being, you know, you know, innovative and, 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 and being able and being creative and learning new things. Right. So those are the things that you pick up doing these little activities. And if we can foster those, that's how we can get a lot of innovation out of our A great kids. example is my, my own brother, uh, who was a great athlete. He plays, I mean, he can play anything, but mostly soccer and volleyball. He's a, he's a pro soccer player. Um, and I've never seen his leadership skills come more to the forefront um, until I've seen him on, on, on a soccer pitch until I, I saw him on a soccer mm. pitch and just how much of a leader he could be. And I think for he himself, he came to the realization that, you know, I can be a leader through different media, you know, before really he started, uh, he started playing at the highest level. He became a pro before he started playing at the highest level. He didn't really realize just how much of a leader he could be. And just 
um, how gifted he was in, in that aspect. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, what one thing we need to foster is looking at things differently, not always the straight line. You go to school, you get good grades, you do well, and you'll you'll be a success, right? But what are the intangible skills that you're picking up other yes. other places? But in terms of kind of, you know, the, these four styles um, of parenting, the, the authoritarian, and then what do we see in terms of our community, um, the impact that that's having on us, right? Because, you know, one thing that I, I, I was I was listening to somebody talk the other day, they're like, you know, if a child breaks something in a Ganyan home, they get beat or they get yelled at or they get right. scolded, yeah. right? Immediately. But in other homes, you know, you break something and it's, we figure out, okay, what's wrong with, what what happened? Are you okay? That's the first question. Are you okay? Right. That's the first question, right? Like, have you ever broken anything <laughs> in your house? And like, the first question has been, are you okay? The, the look that comes on your face when you break something is just one of a horror. You, just, <laughs> you know what's coming. <laughs> so my brothers and I had a pact. Absolutely. No snitching. We broke everything in the house. <laughs> my dad would ask, hey, who broke this? Nobody says anything. He would go, he would lose it because... <laughs> <laughs> I have I have five children. Nobody broke anything in this house. This is broken, and nobody can tell me anything. Oh, my 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 mom knew how to break the how to break the stitching right away. She she would just make because I was the yeah. youngest, so it was I'm not gonna say anything, and you. But she's just saying okay that it's your fault. You're the youngest. You broke it. I know you broke it. And. And I would just have to be, no, it's not fair. It's not me. He did it. He did it. You cracked. <laughs> I cracked every single time, right? Every single time. So, okay. So in terms of like, yeah, how, how to have these different parenting styles. And I think we, we agree that mostly Ghanaian parents fall into the authoritarian or authoritative sort of parenting. How has it affected us, you think, in terms of socially, how we interact um, academically and, you know, our culture in general. I, th I think we're scared to, uh, to take a risk, right? Because you don't ever want to fail or do something wrong because in the back of your mind, you, you hear the jaisa. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Stop that. Don't yeah. embarrass me. Right. Yeah. So like, you don't ever want to embarrass your parents. And I think right. one thing that I picked up, you know, young, it was never said to me. But the key no-no in my house was don't ever embarrass my your parents yes, in, in public. public. Yeah. So whether it be something you said, whether it be how you you looked and presented yourself, even if they weren't around, the back of my mind was don't embarrass your parents. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> that's a universal Ghanaian rule, uh, and I, I academically. We, we, we achieve. Ghanaians achieve. We're, you, you know, Ghanaians, I think Nigerians also, other Africans, when it comes to academia, they're there. You know, they're always present. Mm. Uh, when it comes to other aspects, though, we just, we seem to be missing because uh, as part of the authoritarian, authoritarian parenting, you foster what you want to see in a child. Mm. And so that's what you get. You don't foster really who the child is. You don't mold into who they were created in a way to be. Not the full picture. You mold them to what you want to see. And so in academia, we're present, but in many aspects, we're missing. No, that's true. And I, I think it, it comes back to, you know, our earlier discussions on, you know, I want to be an artist, right? So right, right. if I want to be an artist and I'm living with an authoritarian parent, yeah, 
my friend, no, right? Yeah. There's no, there's no room for discussion. Yeah. And when you've heard that so much, and even your parents might not necessarily even say that about your career choice. But what I found too is that sometimes, even in you know when I was growing up, I never really brought this is what I'm feeling or this is what I want to do to them because it isn't a feeling. What feeling? Oh. Right, like feelings. It's, it's, it's a no already. <laughs> Do people even talk about feelings? <laughs> oh no! I, I, and and this is something that I, I'm I'm struggling with as 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 a parent myself, as yeah. a young parent myself. Right, where right. I feel my mom's voice always coming out of me. Yeah, um, where it's like my daughter is always like. You know, Dad, I feel this way, or you make me feel. Th- I don't make you feel anything. You choose to feel this way, my friend. Stop. So you are blaming me for your feelings? You're, yes, right. <laughs> because I think I we never really resolved those issues in our community in terms of like how we felt, right? So like, there's right. never been a time where I went to my parents and said, you know, I feel this way, or or what you did makes me feel this way. Yeah. Um. And, and that gets back to, you know, my, my general thesis of the Ghanaian African parent, right? Yeah, yeah. They are never wrong. Oh, geez, yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> but I think, yeah. but I, think we, we, I say that facetiously, but when I look back in my life, like, are they ever wrong? Like, were my parents ever wrong in, they might have been misguided or a little heavy-handed in some instances, but were they ever wrong in terms of what they were trying to achieve? No. Ghanaian parent is never wrong. An African parent is never. I mean, what does that mean? I am the parent. <laughs> I'm telling you what to do. What do you mean wrong? I've never in my whole life, maybe I'm exaggerating, but I've never heard a Ghanaian parent apologize to their child. I've never mm. seen it. Yeah, no, no. My apology was, oh, Akwasi Brabedidi. <laughs> you get bribed in jollof. Oh yeah, and everything's no, you, okay. Everything's okay after after you've after you've eaten. We're, we're good. We're we're fine. That's true. They do apologize in their own way. <laughs> <laughs> Food and bribery is one of them. Oh, Jaja, I'll buy this for you. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> but you know what? In some ways, and I'm not saying this to to speak on their behalf, but you know, we many of us grew up in tough environments where mm. they had to be tough. Yeah. Right. So they couldn't show weakness. And in a way, being contrite, um, apologizing in a way was a form of weakness. So they had to be tough in the environments that we grew up in, especially in Canada. Many of us, um, they could not let their guard down in any way. Yeah, no, I, Otherwise, we would have gone astray. I think it's, it's a slippery slope to the permissive parent, right? Because if I keep yeah. apologizing to, to Kwame, oh, Kwame, oh, Fachemi, yeah, yeah. oh, Kwame, Fachemi, yeah, yeah. oh, Kwame, Fachemi. When will Kwame ever respect me? Yeah, he's going to think everything he's doing is okay. It's okay, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, but I think it's, it's also the dynamic of, you know, growing up, right? Because you look at your parent as the foremost authority on everything when right. you're growing up. You don't know right. nothing. Your parent knows everything. They're smart. Right. If your parent is wrong, so many times, you know, when does it come to a point where you just don't value their opinion? Yeah, that's that's a good question. And and I think in, in many ways, they also, there are our litmus tests in terms of many things, how we, we look at success. And so if they're wrong, we are by extension wrong, right? Mm. So in a way, we kind of learn to buy in to their you know, perfection in a way. But I think at some point the light bulb goes on in your head, like, 
you know, when you when you become more mature and you grow <laughs> that, you know, something was amiss, something somewhere was broken. And yeah. uh, like you said, it's never really many of it is, is unresolved. And we carried on to become parents. No, absolutely. I, I think the, the biggest issue is when you get the combination of the authoritative parent with the uninvolved parent, right? So a parent who yeah. is working, you know, 30 jobs, you know, always absent, not involved, yeah, but also has a bunch of unrealistic rules and is very heavy handed, right? Because it's like, right. you're not around you. You don't see what I'm going through, what I'm struggling yeah. with, but you want to tell me I got to do this, my friend, like I'm going to rebel. Emotional availability. Mm. Emotional availability from a parent is so, so important for a child's development. Like, you know, many, many researchers show it. And I don't mean to be academic or anything like that. But when I'm hurting, if I can come to you and express my my feelings to you as a parent and get validation, uh, get wisdom, um, it, it means everything. But, but I it guess from, from, from my perspective, I guess that th- this is a conundrum that I'm struggling with as a parent, right? Yeah. When do you cross the line from being emotionally available and sensitive to your child's needs to raising a weak person? Like, yeah, I, like, I, I guess it depends on what your perception of weakness is. My own father, my dad went through a whole continuum of parenting. Mm. When we were younger, um, teenagers, he was the authoritarian. You know, you heard the keys ringing when my dad was coming over and just sat <laughs> And we all just sat up like, you know, okay, daddy's coming. Everyone quiet, sit in your corner. But then after a while, I think he himself realized I'm not connecting with my sons. Mm-hmm. Because when we needed something, what we would do is we would go through my mom. We would never go directly to him. And he was like, hey, yeah. listen, I'm right here. What am I, chopped liver? Am I not your parent? And I think yeah. after a while, he realized, hey, I'm losing my children. Yeah. And if I want to keep my children, I have to be more understanding. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to not enforce the rules, but I have to really be available to them. And then my dad really became, we, I, we, I became very close to my dad after that. But before then, it was just parent-child relationship, sort of a transactional. If I need something, I, I ask, uh, and that's where it stopped. But I think yeah. somewhere, somewhere along the way, the, the light bulb went on and he said, no, 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 I'm losing my children. I have to find a way to connect with them. And that made a difference. So it didn't necessarily mean, you know, you're weak. And I think weakness is the perception of that somehow being in touch with your emotions is weakness. But mm. it takes great strength to be able to actually explore your feelings, to go through introspection and feel your, your, your whole array of emotions. I'm sounding soft, but it's true. You know, not confronting your feelings is not strong. But, but, but I guess, the, it. I guess the, the, the challenge is if every feeling you have makes you, you know, like change, like makes you like you react to everything, like every right. emotion gets you super high, then super right. down. Then, right? Right. And I think yeah. that's my biggest fear as a parent where it's like we're going to enable this, you know, let's talk about your feelings. How are you right, feeling, right. Johnny? Oh, are you, oh, how do you feel today? Like for me, you know, and I think maybe it's because of how I was brought up and, and you know, the same, the dynamic that you had where like my, my dad was authoritarian. Like when, when I was first growing up, it was, you know, I don't ask my dad for nothing. Like I asked my mom, I go, right. I go, you go to your mom and she'll soften it and then she'll ask your dad. Right. Right. But the older I got, the more connection we had. But I think it's also, 
from hit for lack of a better word, I think he he saw that, oh, this guy has sense. I can communicate with him a little right, bit more, right? right? That's how I felt, right? right? Like he would start asking for advice on certain things, right? And and I think I was earning his trust by making some sound decisions in, in different aspects of my life. So I think it's gradual um, in terms of how we we have a dynamic of of, of parenting styles and, and like how we evolve and there's a continuum, but yeah. how do we get more parents to actually understand that they can change, right? That you don't always yeah. have to be the authoritarian throughout yeah. your child's life and yeah. doing it early enough so that that relationship can foster. That, that's a very, that's a very, very good point. Very valid point because, you know, the brain is plastic to a certain extent. And, you know, you mentioned the combination of the authoritarian versus the uninvolved parent, which is a terrible combination in some ways because it's why children rebel. It's why they don't listen to their parents because you're never there. And then when you're there, you're trying to tell me what to do, right? At the moment you're there, you're trying to force what you want me to do upon me, but you never really, you don't even know who I am. You don't even know what I like. You don't even know what I mean to, you don't know how to connect with me. Right. But yeah. here you are telling me what to do, but you don't even, you don't even know what I like. You, you don't know what my, <laughs> what makes me angry or makes me tick. You don't know any of that, but here you are trying to tell me really what I, I should do. And that in a way gets people to rebel. No, absolutely. And I think there, there's so much we can go into, especially on the rebelling side. And I think that, that this is, this is a conversation that's, that's not done. This is something yeah, that we need to follow just up. We need to follow the surface up. of, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think but so. what, what, one thing that's coming to mind is, you know, your, your initial, um, proverb of the proverb of the day yes your true, your true phrase of the day yes how how do you think that ties into this like in terms of what we've been discussing so our phrase of the day was uh okoto nguanoma which is okoto crab ango which does not does not birth anoma which is a bird mm-hmm. uh you know Ghanaians say that basically the english um the similar proverb in english is that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree mm. um so however your children are basically in many ways it's a reflection it's a reflection of you they have your very dna so however you perceive them to be it's a reflection of you so and and however you parent is how the output you're going to get from your children so whatever you pour into them that's what you're going to get in the end. Oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think I, I, I've, I've used that proverb to insult my mom once. Right? Funny story. <laughs> quick, quick funny story. So my, my mom, you know, one day I I, came, I think I got like a, a D in English. I, I, oh, heck no. I, I was oh, just, oh, no, no, I was just no. doing my own thing. I wasn't focused. And my mom's, <laughs> oh, you know nothing. You're, 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 you're stupid. You don't read. You can't read. You can't do this. And I looked at her and I said, well, I'm your child, eh, man? (laughs) (laughs) That whole week. I'm surprised you survived that. (laughs) That whole week. I mean, it was so bad that my dad came home, right? And and he sat me down and said, he was scared for me. He was scared for me. So, so like, I think, but I think in, in that, and, and although like what I said was demeaning, but we have to realize that some of the things that our children are struggling with are traits that we have, right? So like if your child is not necessarily the best 
in school at a particular subject, that might be something that you passed on to them or that you can help them overcome, right? So how do we understand what our weaknesses are, what their weaknesses are, and like, and build on that? Because I think that oftentimes we scapegoat and we say, this child is doing this, but we remove ourselves from what we've passed on to them. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's a lot harder to look in the mirror. It's a lot easier to point finger, right? Uh, so you got to look at your own your own role in how you impact your own child's development and how they turn out. You have to own it. As a parent, you have to own the outcomes that your children achieve. And that's that's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do because uh, in many ways, we validate ourselves with the sort of parents we are, especially in an African home. You know, we validate, oh, my child is doing this. My child is doing that. You know, you, you, you're proud. And so if you're not able to pass at that in many ways it's uh it's a reflection it reflects negatively on you so i think we we will talk more about that we'll talk more specifically about academia in the next episode and then we'll talk we'll touch i think we need a second episode there's no way we can leave it at this we've got to talk more we've got to delve much deeper into how our own parents parenting styles have affected us uh you know over time and and how you know, some parenting tips on how parents can actually change, like you touched on. Yeah. How how can they feel like, you know, this they're not this is not a rigid box. It, it is indeed like my own father, it's a continuum. You can change. You, you can actually yeah. change your approach to, to how you, you rear your children. No, definitely. So we'll, we'll get on to that. So I think um, maybe uh, one one thing that I learned about you today and, and it's great discussion and then thanks for, for the chat was you know, the dynamic between you, you and your mom, right? So how close you and your mom are is a reflection of that dynamic that was in your house, right? Based on the accessibility and, and you know, her closeness and her willingness to listen to you guys, right? So I think that also fosters in, you know, how we talked about before about her advice to you on, on your career. Yes. Where you were more, you know, receptive to that because of that relationship that's been fostered. So I think that's a note for a lot of parents that if you're going to give advice later on, you know, building that relationship early on. It means everything. I mean, I can, I can literally tell my mom almost everything. Mm-hmm. She gets the breaking news in my life. She, she, like, I tell her the things that are, you know, deepest to me. She knows, she knows me very well. Like, mm-hmm. and I feel like she's, She's a friend in many ways, you know, I, and, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, be a friend to, to your children at all times because you they need parents. But she she's able to connect with me in a way that, you know, I don't not many others are. Yeah. And so, you know, it, when you're that kind of parent, you can really get anything from your child and you can tell them anything. They know it comes from a good place and they, you mean well. OK, so yeah. Yeah. So. I think we'll, we'll leave it here. We'll continue um, on the next episode about uh, academic achievement, achievement, which I guess is an extension of this. And then I think we'll have to make one more episode just to talk about us as parents and, and how our own parents have impacted us and some tips on parenting in general. No, definitely. Yeah. Um, so so credits um, and, and big shout out to um, super producer Nancy. Uh, yes, ma'am. Possible. That's your boy. Um, and a G. big H. shout Spielberg. out to as well. Um, you yes. Can get his music and all um, platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, everywhere you can stream YouTube. Um, Google him. Add him to the play- playlist and Google him. Um, 
one to watch and, and one to follow as well. Absolutely. Um, so it's been nice chatting. Um, always, always a pleasure. Bye bye. Yeah, I'm gonna take a sip of my mom, got served with lemons. Yeah, said I am, you know.